Good evening. My name is Sarah Morant, and I'll be your host for tonight's telephone town hall meeting. Tonight, I'm joined with Minister of Finance, Travis Taves, Colin Blair, Executive Director with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency, Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire, Rob Dupree from the Insurance Bureau of Canada, Commanding Officer of Alberta, Deputy Commissioner Curtis Zablocki of the RCMP, and Shane Hussey from Alberta Health Services. In addition, I am supported tonight with colleagues from many departments in the Government of Alberta, including Health, Agriculture and Irrigation, Seniors, Community and Social Services, Education, Indigenous Relations, Mental Health and Addiction, Jobs, Economy and Northern Development, Environment and Protected Areas, and Municipal Affairs. Before we hear from our speakers, let me explain briefly how this town hall will work. Right now, Albertans whose communities have been affected by the wildfires are connecting to the call and will soon have a chance to ask your questions. You can get in line right now or at any time by pressing star three to ask a question. You will be routed to an operator who will ask for your name and your community. And we ask that you try to keep the question brief because there are so many of you on the line tonight. I will be reading all of the questions out loud for tonight's town hall in an effort to ensure our speakers and experts can address as many questions as possible. And before I welcome Minister Taves to say a few words, I will just remind you of three important pieces of information. If you're looking to find out about the status of supports for evacuees and the wildfires, you can do so by visiting alberta.ca slash emergency. You can call 310-4455. And finally, if you or someone in your community is searching for any supports available for mental health, we encourage you to call 211 at any time. Now, I would like to welcome Minister Taves to share a few opening words. Minister, please go ahead. Well, well, thank you, Sarah, and good evening, everyone. And thank you for dialing in to this telephone town hall. I'm pleased to be here with representatives from across the Alberta government, uh, as well as the RCMP. Tonight, we'll provide you with the most up-to-date information about the wildfires and take as many of your questions as possible. The wildfire situation across Alberta remains extremely volatile. Alberta remains under a provincial state of emergency, and the Provincial Emergency Coordination Centre is operating at its highest level. We're coordinating vast resources from across the province and from other jurisdictions to fight these fires. <clears throat> In addition to the provincial state of emergency, there are 20 states of local emergency, as well as five band council resolutions, and 15 evacuation orders are in place. We continue to work hard in the affected communities to distribute personnel, resources, and equipment to where they're needed most. And we're expecting more hot and dry weather conditions this week, and the fire risk will remain high. I urge all Albertans to follow restrictions and fire bans to help prevent any further wildfires. And I want to encourage all Albertans to be prepared. People in communities that are on evacuation alert should pack important medication and documents and enough food and supplies for a minimum of seven days. Being prepared could save your life. I want to again remind everyone who's had to evacuate to register with their local municipality or with the Alberta government online. That will give local officials the best opportunity to provide some assistance and connect you with the resources you need. We recognize that being forced to evacuate is incredibly disruptive and causes emotional and financial stress for Albertans. And I wanna remind Albertans that help is available. About a week ago, we announced emergency evacuation payments for anyone who's been evacuated for seven or more days. These one-time payments can help ease the cost of being away from home and pay for accommodations, food, and other necessities for those evacuated for a long period of time. If residents were evacuated, returned to their homes, and then re-evacuated, they're eligible to receive an evacuation payment if they've been evacuated for a total of seven days. Evacuees, 
can apply for payments at alberta.ca forward slash emergency using an alberta.ca account, the same um, address that Sarah just mentioned. Payments will be made by e-transfer within 24 hours of application, which is the fastest way to receive these payments. If for some reason people are unable to receive e-transfers, other forms of payment are available. So visit one of 16 Alberta Supports offices or reception centers in Edmonton or Calgary to get a prepaid debit card. If you need additional support, you can call 310-4455, which is staffed 24 seven. I encourage all evacuees who are eligible to apply for evacuation payments to do so as soon as possible. Now, I know many of you are eager to return home and I want uh, and want to know when that will happen. I get that uncertainty is really challenging. Please remember that reentry processes are at the discretion of each local municipality and are based on their assessment of the fire risk. They have the authority to decide whether anyone will be allowed entry into the evacuation zone. Check for instruction from your local municipality before re-entering any previously evacuated area. Finally, I want to recognize the extreme difficulty of the situation for everyone joining us on this call tonight. It's incredibly hard to leave home in a rush and stay away for days on end, and it only gets worse as the days go by. We recognize the stress of uncertainty is very real for you, and we thank you for your continued patience. I urge you to stay in touch with your local governments for updates and to listen only to trusted and verified sources of information. And again, I wanna thank each one of you for calling in today, and now I'll turn it back over to Sarah before we take your question. Thanks, Minister Taves. And for those of you just joining us, my name is Sarah and I am your host for tonight's telephone town hall. Joining me this evening are Minister of Finance and President of Treasury Board, Travis Taves, Colin Blair, Executive Director with Alberta Emergency Management Agency, Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire, Rob Dupree from the Insurance Bureau of Canada, Deputy Commissioner Curtis Sablocki with the RCMP, Shane Hussey with Alberta Health Services, and experts from Government of Alberta departments, including Health, Agriculture and Irrigation, Seniors, Community and Social Services, Education, Mental Health and Addiction, Indigenous Relations, Jobs Economy and Northern Development, Environment and Protected Areas, and Municipal Affairs. Tonight we're talking about the changing wildfire situation with those communities who've been affected by evacuation orders. If you have a question right now or at any time during this call for one of our experts or our speakers, please press star three on your phone and you will be entered into the queue. Now, let's get to the first question. I'm going to go to Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire for this first question. This comes in from Rebecca, submitted online, and Rebecca says, there are so many fires across Alberta right now, I'm confused about the status of them. Can you give us some sort of an update about what is happening? Christy, please go ahead. Thank you. Yes, I, I understand uh, people's confusion. There are certainly a lot of fires going on and they're spread uh, throughout the province. Um, latest uh, numbers, we have 90 active wildfires. Uh, 23 of those are classified as out of control. Now, what that means is that the fire is burning and it's expected to possibly continue growing. Uh, we have other uh, statuses for wildfires. Uh, including being held, which is it's not expected to grow under the current conditions and under control. And there are 49 wildfires under control. But you can always find the latest update on uh, wildfires, what their status is, and uh, where exactly they are on, on our status dashboard. So I would recommend um, searching for Alberta wildfire status and going to that page. Of course, you can also sign up for um, updates from your local forest area, which will have more detailed information about the fire status. Thanks for that, Christy. Our next question was submitted by Brittany in Fox Creek. And Brittany says, WCB says the emergency payment is considered income. Is that correct? 
Who can she contact about WCB concerns trying to take money out of her normal benefit? I'll ask Maggie Carroll with the Department of Seniors, Community and Social Services to please go ahead. Thank you, Sarah. And thank you for the question, Brittany. No, um, in regards to evaluation payments deducted from your WCB, WCB wage replacement benefits are based solely on lost employment due to workplace injury or illness, as you well know, if you're in receipt of those benefits. Non-employment income or benefits, such as an evacuation payment, does not affect WCB wage replacement benefits. If you received information to the contrary, I would suggest that you contact WCB and speak to a leadership member who can help provide some guidance. Thanks, Brittany. Thanks, Maggie. And for anyone who's just joining the conversation now and wants to ask a question, you can do so by pressing star three at any time to get into the queue. Our next question is from Nisha in Fox Creek and Nisha asks the following. What is the long-term plan for financial assistance? The longer we're away from home, the longer we will go without a paycheck. The one-time payment did help, but will not sustain me long-term. So I'll ask my colleague, Brad Geddes with the Department of Seniors, Community and Social Services to please go ahead. Thank you very much for the question. Um, so the emergency evacuation payment is one of many supports. In addition, there are supports uh, at the Registration Center for Housing, Food, and Other Needs. Um, the second point I'd like to share is that the evacuation payment is meant to be a bridge, a bridge to uh, other funds of uh, sources and, uh, and supports. I would encourage you to uh, reach out to your insurance broker or agent. Uh, many insurance policies have additional uh, funds that you can use if you're out of your home for seven days, two weeks, or longer. Rob, would you mind expanding on uh, how to make a claim and what coverage might be available? Thank you, Brad. You're exactly correct. Home and tenant insurance policies have coverage for additional living expenses when you've been evacuated from your home. Many of these policies provide coverage for 30 days. So these cover your extra expenses that you may have while you're evacuated. Things like hotel costs or additional food costs would be qualifying for these insurance payments. Remember that the additional living expense will not cover your lost income, but it will cover your additional cost of living. So if you haven't done so already, reach out to your insurance representative to start that claims process to make sure that you're able to receive the financial compensation that your policy is able to provide. Thank you for the question. Thanks, Rob. Um, speaking of Rob, our next question was submitted by a gentleman named Rob through the online forum. And Rob asks, what is being done for grade nine and grade six students for provincial achievement tests who have also been displaced from school for long periods of time? So I'll ask Kindy Joseph with the Department of Education to please go ahead. Uh, thank you, Sarah, and thank you, Rob, for the uh, question. Um, I do want to acknowledge that there was an announcement today about the diploma exams and deferrals um, earlier today. Um, with respect to provincial achievement tests, which are for students in grades six and nine, uh, those uh, students that have been displaced due to wildfire or other um, uh, displacement due, um, surrounding the wildfires, um, the local school authority uh, can either reschedule or uh, cancel the exams. And I would encourage you to stay, get in contact with your school or your school authority to ask if they've either rescheduled them to the end of June or, or sometime in June or if they've in fact uh, decided to cancel them. Uh, I do know and I can share that we are aware of a number of school authorities that have contacted us and advised that they're either rescheduling or canceling them. So I, again, I would just encourage you to uh, get in touch with your school um, and ask exactly what their plans are if your child is in fact um, uh, unable to write the, the achievement test or the school is closed. I hope that answers your question, Rob. Thank you. Thanks, Kindy. 
The next question is from Dom in Drayton Valley. And Dom says, rumors are rumbling and people are making assumptions. Is Drayton Valley opening on Monday or possibly Tuesday? Can you tell us what is the truth? So I'll ask Colin Blair with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency to please go ahead. Hi, Dom. Thank you very much for the question. At, at this point in time, uh, Drayton Valley st remains on an evacuation order. The municipality is still working through response to the event, and I know they're starting to turn their attention to reentry. There are a number of things that they need to address as part of that reentry, and we do have some good guidelines which they're using, which guides them through the process of, of looking at everything that needs to be reset uh, before bringing people back in. So I know that Drayton Valley has not come out with a plan yet. I know they're working on one, uh, but I would expect that sometime in the future when they get uh, the wildfire under control and they're able to address some of the uh, amenities and the services uh, within the community that they will be coming out with some information. What I would recommend to anybody in Drayton Valley or from Drayton Valley who has been evacuated is to go and look at the Drayton Valley website. It does provide good information and timely information. So I recommend that you have a look at that on a regular basis and see where they're at. Thanks, Colin. The next question is from Creedon in Drayton Valley. And Creedon asks, why does it take so long for this funding to come through? So I'll ask my colleague, Brad Geddes with Seniors Community and Social Services to please go ahead. Um, for the benefits, uh, the standard is seven days uh, from the date of evacuation. From there, uh, the evacuation uh, payment process is quite quick and uh, usually happens in about 24 hours. There are some cases where uh, a municipality has not yet submitted uh, the addresses and postal codes uh, for all of the evacuees. So we work with the municipalities to clarify that. As soon as you have it clarified, then the payments go forward. If you have any concerns, feel free to call 310-4455. Uh, we can give you an update on the payment. And if you're outside of the evacuation zone listed by the municipality, uh, then we can help you with the numbers to call the municipality to get clarity. I hope that helps. Thanks. Thanks, Brad. The next question was submitted by Lucy, and Lucy's in Drayton Valley. It says, is my insurance policy still going to be enforced even when I am evacuated? I'll ask Rob Dupree from the Insurance Bureau of Canada to go ahead. Thank you very much for the question. Yes, I want to reassure everyone that your insurance policy remains in force and in effect, even while you are temporarily evacuated from your community. Even insurance renewals commonly take place even during a major wildfire event like we see in many parts across the province. Most home and insurance policies cover many things, wildfire and many other perils as well. So if you do get back home and if you recognize that you have some additional damage, that's the time when you can start your insurance policy or start a claim. Any vehicles that you may have left behind as well. If you purchase the optional comprehensive or all perils coverage, your policy remains in force while your vehicle is sitting at your home while you're evacuated. So once you're able to safely return, and we know that officials are working very, very hard to get everyone home as soon as they can, but if you do find damage to your vehicle, you can start that claims process by reaching out to your insurance representative. And if you have any other insurance questions, you can reach us at 1-844-2-4-4-4. And we'd be happy to answer any insurance question that you may have once you are able to safely get back home. Thanks for the question. Thanks, Rob. And for anyone who's just joining us or as a reminder, if you want to get in the queue to ask your question, you can do so right now or anytime by pressing star three. Our next question is from Gloria in Edson. And Gloria says, I don't have a cell phone. 
Can there be a siren to alert people of evacuation orders? I wouldn't know otherwise. So I'll have my colleague Colin Blair from the Alberta Emergency Management Agency. Please go ahead. Hi, Gloria. Thank you very much for your question. Uh, I was just having a look at the uh, town of Edson's uh, webpage. They actually do have a, a siren in the town that they, they, they had planned to test for emergency preparedness week. Um, maybe they didn't get a chance to do it this year. Sometimes sirens, if they're available and many communities don't have them, uh, can be inhibited by many different things such as air pressure and the distance you are away from the siren. Uh, because you don't have a, a mobile phone um, and I, I would assume that you may not have your radio on or, or other devices on, um, my recommendation to people in this space are to, to touch base with friends and neighbors and let them know what your situation is. It's really important for the communities to come together and support each other so that uh, you know, when something does happen, uh, people should be checking in on others. So my recommendation would be to touch base with your neighbors, let them know, and uh, if there is a, a requirement for an alert that impacts Edson, uh, at least you will have somebody who can come by and assist you. Thanks so much, Colin. Our next question comes from Danny in Brazil, and Danny asks, is the Drayton Valley fire still out of control? So I'll ask Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire to please go ahead. Thank you, Danny. Uh, yes, the Drayton Valley uh, Fire Brazo County uh, is the lead on that fire, RCU005. It's nearly 5,000 hectares in size, and it's uh, classified as out of control. But we have seen a mix of fire activity uh, on the scene today between low, moderate, and high in interior uh, inside the perimeter of the of the fire, but they are working very hard on that fire. We do have additional troops from uh, Canadian Air Force working on that uh, fire as well as working very closely with the county. Thanks, Christy. And the next question comes from Fox Creek, and it's from David. David says, I go to Alberta.ca to apply for assistance, but I'm having trouble. I can't find Fox Creek on the eligible communities list. How will how do I apply? I'll have my colleague Brad Geddes from Seniors Community and Social Services to please respond. Great, wonderful question, David. It's helpful because it'll help other uh, people applying as well. Um, what's interesting is that uh, we work through the evacuation list. It's not always alphabetical. Uh, in your case, uh, the MDA Greenview. Uh, included Fox Creek, so that's an option for you is to list MD of Greenview for your specific application. If that doesn't work and you're still having troubles, please call 310-4455 and one of our very friendly staff will walk you through uh, the application process online. Um, but if that doesn't work for you, uh, still, uh, please don't hesitate to visit one of the 16 Alberta uh, Connects uh, offices throughout Northern Alberta. Um, we also have recently uh, added an additional location in Leduc and in Parkland County at the Tri-Leisure Centre. Um, the hours are on the website as well as the addresses if that helps you. Thank you very much. Again, David, for asking this question. Uh, we'd be pleased to help you walk you through. Thanks, Brad. And the next question was submitted online by Justin. And Justin asks, what mental health supports exist for evacuees? And I'll have Evan Romano, the Deputy Minister of Mental Health and Addiction, to please go ahead. Great, thanks. And thanks, Justin, for the question. Uh, and certainly must start off to say our, our hearts go out to you and many others who are away from homes and, and facing many challenges at this time and, and oftentimes in different communities. And, and so there are a number of mental health and, and social supports across the province and virtually uh, which are available. I think the really important place to look and uh, to a team who will do the searching for you is to 211. Uh, 211 is a helpline and online database uh, of all of Alberta's community and social services and it's answered by highly trained specialists to, to find resources wherever you are. The types of supports that they'll be able to point you to uh, or you can see through the 211 platform uh, include uh, organizations like Counseling Alberta 
And if you are feeling stressed or, or having uh, challenges uh, coping with, with where you're at, uh, being displaced by the wildfire, Counseling Alberta offers virtual counseling services. Uh, so you can call Counseling Alberta directly at one 827 4230. Again, that's Counseling Alberta. But that support and many others are available and referred to through 211. So you can reach out to 211 to find those services uh, in person or virtually anywhere across the province. Thanks. Thanks, Evan. And our next um, question sorry, it's actually not a question, it's a comment. It came from Rick in Evansburg. And Rick says, uh, he wants to thank everyone who is fighting all the fires and allowing everyone to get home safely. Um, thanks very much for that comment, Rick. I'll pass it on to my colleagues across uh, across the wildfire areas. The next question is from Jesse in Drayton Valley. And Jesse asks, the diploma exam announcement mentioned students would be exempt if they were evacuated 10 days or longer. Is that 10 school days or 10 calendar days? I'll have Kinty Joseph from the Department of Education. Please go ahead. Thank you, Sarah, and thank you, Jesse, for the question. Um, happy to clarify. So the exemption would automatically apply to anyone who is displaced from, from their school for 10 school days. And that includes if a school is closed for 10 days or if the student is unable to attend. So in some cases, a school might be open, but the school, might, the student might be evacuated from an adjacent community. Um, in that case, we would we would note the number of days that the student wasn't able to attend, even though the school might be open. Um, we also note that there's there may be some cases where a student, uh, in these circumstances, may still want to write the exam, and they can certainly do so. They could choose to write in June or in August. What I would encourage you to do is contact your school and discuss your options if you are in this situation, whether you want to be um, exempted from the diploma exams uh, or if you would like to write them because we there are a number of options available if you do want to write them and, and your school would, would be in the best position to talk through those with you. I hope that answers your question, Jesse. Thanks, Kindy. Our next question is from Zara in Grand Prairie, and Zara says, what is the fire status around Grand Prairie? Um, has, work, ha has work on the fire guard begun? I'll ask Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire to please go ahead. Thank you, Zara. Uh, yes, this is uh, a fire is still uh, classified as out of control, but it is at 1,581 hectares. Uh, so it, we have seen low to moderate activity on this fire and things are looking very good. It is responding to suppression efforts and, and of course, uh, um, uh, fire guards are something that we build as a, as a matter of routine on many of these large scale fires. So uh, I would say, um, please uh, keep listening to updates from the local um, county because they are the lead on this uh, fire and we're supporting them uh, with uh, equipment and firefighters as much as we're able and of course uh, Canadian Armed Forces also assisting on this fire. Thanks Christy. Uh, the next question is submitted by Zimmerman in Rocky Rapid and Zimmerman says are people just outside of the evacuation zone eligible for the emergency payment? So have Brad Geddes with Seniors, Community and Social Services, please go ahead. Great, thank you very much for that question. Um, it's important to note that we work with each municipality uh, to figure out what is uh, reasonable and what's fair uh, for the emergency evacuation payments. Uh, as you can appreciate, uh, each municipality as they're issued an evacuation payment are really focused on uh, making sure people are safe. But that doesn't mean that there are reasonable circumstances like smoke or um, or other things. So I would encourage you to reach out to your municipality and uh, ask if uh, they uh, they would support uh, payment. And then from there, we'll work with the municipality to to get resolution for you. So in summary, uh, I would encourage you to email or phone your local municipality and uh, ask them to follow up and uh, get clarity for you. I hope that helps. 
Um, in the meantime, uh, I just want to clarify, um, you can reach out at 310-4455 if you are in need of somewhere uh, safe, warm and dry to be, uh, or if you need food or other supports. Uh, so, and uh, as well, you're always welcome at a reception center. So I hope that's helpful. Thank you. Thanks very much, Brad. Our next question is from Holly in Lac St. Anne County. Um, and this is for uh, Deputy Minister Jason Hale with Agriculture and Irrigation. Holly asks, will there be any compensation for any agricultural land that is lost to fire? So Deputy Hale, please go ahead. Yes, thank you. Uh, great question. I know it's on a lot of our landowners' minds. And I'm happy to let you know that we're working with uh, Agricultural Financial Services Corporation who is monitoring the situation and assessing uh, some of their deadlines um, and they'll continue to support their clients. They have, uh, you know, the great uh, business risk management programs. Um, so please reach out to your uh, AFSC branch office or visit their website, uh, afsc.ca. Uh, we are also working uh, on a long-term strategy um, dealing uh, you know, with our federal government partners on an ag recovery program. Um, but this will take some time as we have to assess the situation. And uh, so that is going to be ongoing. But, uh, you know, we as, as, the, uh, as the government um, will walk uh, step in step with you and uh, ensure that we can, we can look after your needs uh, going forward. Thank you. Thanks very much. The next question is from Chris in Wildwood, and Chris says, how do you get your dependents emergency funding? Um, do they refile, and how does it work? I'll have my colleague Maggie Carroll with Seniors, Community, and Social Services please respond. Thank you, Sarah. Chris, thank you for the question. Um, I would say there's a couple of ways I can answer this question. If your dependent is under the age of 18 and is a member of the family unit, you can apply through the verified.alberta um, account and go in and apply for your wildfire fund with your child on your application. If you have a dependent adult and you are the guardian for that individual, you may apply adding that individual to your application. Otherwise, you can have your child apply for their own emergency benefit. The family can be issued all as one or your son or daughter may apply on their own to receive their own benefit. If you have any trouble online with that application, I would suggest that you either attend to an evacuation center or one of our Alberta support centers that are open extended hours to help folks just like yourself get through that application process. Thanks for the question, Chris. Thanks, Maggie. And for anyone who has just joined us or has come up with a question they would like to ask, you can do so by pressing star three right now or at any time during the call to get in the queue and one of our operators will put you through. Travis has a question and he's in Drayton Valley. And Travis says, are there permits to get back into an evacuated zone for a certain amount of time? If, if this is something we can do, how can we apply? So I'll have Colin Blair with Alberta Emergency Management, please respond. Hi, Travis, thank you very much for the question. Drayton Valley is allowing temporary access to the evacuation area. They do have a number. It's 780-542-7777. This is on their the, the town site as well under the frequently asked questions. They're allowing uh, people to come in. You'll need to phone the number, provide your name, address, reason for attending, your phone number, it is a, a list that they will prioritize depending on their requirements. And they're asking that people do not call back more than once. So just call them once, provide that information. Now they are allowing people in to support first responders, the incident management team. Uh, there are uh, opportunities for business continuity access uh, for, for businesses as well as livestock. So again, that number is 540 7777. You can also look at their, their webpage. Thanks, Colin. The next question comes from Kimberly, and Kimberly's from Whitefish First Nation 459. Kimberly asks, 
what is the situation update around whitefish? And I'll have Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire please respond. Hello, Kimberly. Uh, the uh, fire near Whitefish is uh, the Nipissi complex, and that is uh, a combined about 17,000 he hectares of two fires uh, in that area being, um, being fought as a complex. They're both still technically out of control, uh, but we understand to that uh, there was no significant activity um, on those fires. Uh, it did spread a little bit to the east, but not threatening a uh, whitefish area. Uh, there may be smoke in the community, and that could be from fires in the west of whitefish. But uh, at the moment, there's no immediate threat uh, to the community. Um, there is an increase in smoke around the province. People may see uh, coming from different directions uh, because of the wind shift that we've seen as a, as a cold front moves into the province. So certainly a lot of changes with wind and it's affecting fire. And so it may change how smoke moves in the province. Thanks, Christy. Uh, the next question was submitted online from Jeff. And Jeff says, what is being done to prevent looting? Drayton Valley has been evacuated for a long time and I'm worried about my property. So I'll ask Deputy Commissioner Curtis Sablocki with the RCMP to please go ahead. Thank you for referring that question, Sarah. And Jeff, thank you for the question. So um, our RCMP members have been on the ground uh, specifically in Drayton Valley, but of course at all evacuated uh, communities and sites across the province, I'll say since day one. And, uh, you know, there has been uh, reports uh, of break-ins, uh, but, you know, I'm encouraged to say that those numbers are very minimal. And uh, the efforts of uh, both your RCMP and your community members and other law enforcement are, are paying off. Uh, some of the things that the RCMP are involved in, of course, to help keep your uh, evacuated communities safe include roving patrols. We have our marked police vehicles. Uh, moving around your communities uh, at all hours, uh, day and night. Um, we're also checking uh, doors and and uh, of businesses, premises, and and residents uh, residences as well uh, to ensure that they're secure. And uh, by and large, that's exactly what we're finding that uh, the residents are secure. Uh, we have established quick response teams in the event that we need to deploy. Uh, a small group of police officers to deal with a particular situation or event. Of course, we've established investigative teams to follow up on any uh, suspicious activity, <clears throat> any activity that requires a further investigation, um, uh, which is, uh, you know, obviously important to do as well. Uh, we've deployed uh, different uh, crime reduction techniques, including bait vehicles to some communities. Uh, we've deployed drones to give us additional uh, eyes in the sky, so to speak, and ensure that uh, we, we have a, a good perspective on any activity, uh, in particular, any suspicious activity that might be occurring in our communities. And I think it's always important when we talk about community safety to talk about uh, resources. So uh, uh, currently we have over 120, I'll say additional police officers deployed to communities uh, around the province uh, in support of, of uh, the evacuations and and keeping our communities safe. Uh, a number of these resources uh, come from out of province. Uh, early this week, we are engaging resources from British Columbia to come and support uh, our efforts, uh, your efforts here uh, within the province. We have some of our administrative uh, police officers uh, redeployed to communities as well too. So we've taken them out of their, their daily admin work and put them into operations, which again adds uh, more capacity for us. Our crime reduction teams and units are fully deployed as our, our uh, strategic and ta tactical operations teams. Uh, we've even deployed our traffic units in some cases uh, from different locations in the province. That doesn't mean you can go out there and speed, let me be clear, uh, but uh, again it's just uh, just shows that we're, we're uh, looking at all our resources and putting them where they're needed most uh, within our communities. Thanks, Deputy Commissioner Zablocki. The next question is from Lynn in Drayton Valley. And Lynn asks, 
is it a standard practice for insurance companies to inform their clients that once they make a claim, their insurance will increase by 15% annually for five years as you are no longer considered claim-free? I'll have Rob Dupree from the Insurance Bureau of Canada please respond. Thank you for the question, Lynn. Insurance policies vary. Every person has their own tailored insurance coverage specifically for them. So there's different coverages, different limits, and different endorsements that can apply to your circumstance. Your policy could be very different from your neighbors, even though you may have similar looking homes. As much as prior insurance claims can impact future premiums, the insurance industry is well capitalized for these events. A wildfire event does not automatically increase your insurance premiums. Some policies offer claims forgiveness endorsements, meaning if you do make a claim, your policy premiums will not be impacted in the future. There's also other factors that can impact your premium. Things like the overall replacement cost of your home. We know that things like lumber and other materials and supplies to build a home have been increasing, so your replacement value of your home is increased. Therefore, your premiums could be increased reflective of that as well. I want to remind you, Lynn, that in Alberta, there's about 145 different insurance companies that offer some type of home, auto, or business insurance coverage. So just because your current insurance provider is indicating that you may have an increase in your premium if you make a claim, I encourage you to shop around. Once your claim is finalized, to reach out to other insurance providers, to ask them for a quote and understand the costs available and the options available. A final point for everyone is insurance can be confusing. We have a website, ibc.ca. We have a lot of information specifically about wildfire and insurance, but we also have tips and information on how you can reduce your insurance premium. So I encourage you to take a look put in the search term that you're looking for and you'll be able to find some information. That website again, ibc.ca. Thanks for the question, Lynn. Thanks, Rob. The next question is from Catherine in Drayton Valley. And Catherine asks, are there any supports for people who have not been, who ha who have not been evacuated but cannot work because of the evacuation order. Sorry, again, it's like, is there any supports for people who have not been evacuated but cannot work because of the evacuation order? I'll have my colleague Brad Geddes with Seniors Community and Social Services. Please go ahead. Great question. Thank you very much. I'm going to start and then ask my colleague Maggie to talk about employment services uh, and job coaching that may be available. So uh, with regards to uh, your inability to work because your employer uh, is uh, is not currently open, you may be able to apply for an employment insurance. There's an expedited process uh, for hazards like wildfires. Uh, I would encourage you to go to the Service Canada website, uh, or you can log in through the uh, the same portal you use for registration and evacuations, uh, and uh, there's a link there to federal programs. Uh, so you can use the same password to access that. Maggie, if someone's looking for work, what are some resources that our ministry offers and how would they access them? Thank you, Brad. Catherine, uh, sorry to hear about your circumstances and I totally understand we depend on our employment income. If you have a break in your employment service while um, you know we experience the, the, the wildfires and the evacuation, you can contact Employment Insurance through Service Canada. They are suggesting um, as partners of ours to apply for employment insurance benefits. They are making some concessions on the application to expedite your claim and have made some allowances to um, adjudicate your claim even without your record of employment. Now, in the meantime, if you need some support to search for employment, kind of get a feel for what's out there and what's available. 
you have a couple of different options. You can contact the Alberta Support Centers closest to you. And I believe you said um, Drayton Valley. So we would be looking at Red Deer, Rocky Mountain House, those areas to be able to provide service. But any Alberta Support Center can provide you some local labor market information and some job availability so that we can at least get you some employment while we're waiting for your employer to get reestablished. Again, sorry to hear about your circumstances, Catherine. I uh, hope that hope you have hope all the best for you. Thanks, Maggie. The next question was submitted online from Shannon, and Shannon says, I work at the Northern Addiction Center. What happens to clients if Grand Prairie evacuates? So I'll have my colleague Evan with the Department of Mental Health and Addictions. Please go ahead. Hi there. Thanks for the question, Shannon. And uh, as always, you and, and so many first responders and, and health professionals are always thinking about the next steps for the, the Albertans, the clients that you serve. So uh, certainly to, to reinforce, lots of protections are, are in place uh, with the broader community, but uh, specifically for clients in northern addiction treatment, uh, there's active dialogue uh, across service providers, not only in the mental health and addiction space, but looking at all health facilities uh, across the province to make sure that shifting of, uh, of patients and clients can take place. One immediate example, really exciting one, is actually just today in Red Deer, uh, a brand new Red Deer recovery community just opened. It's a new 75-person treatment facility. So there's net new extra capacity in the province on the addiction treatment side, which is really exciting. So looking at options, if there ever was a need to, to shift clients between uh, service providers anywhere in the province, that's the type of thing that we'll, we'll be able to balance out leveraging that broader network of support. So thanks, Shannon, for, for thinking about the clients and, and know that there are lots of uh, background dialogues to make sure that those supports are in place uh, across the province going forward. Thanks, Evan. The next question is from Jennifer, and it was submitted online. Jennifer says, hello, regarding the two fires in the Muscosipi Park in Grand Prairie yesterday afternoon. I heard and saw nothing in the local media alerting the public to this at the time. Shouldn't the public have been alerted to these fires in the city at the time? I'll have my colleague Colin Blair from the Alberta Emergency Management Agency. Please go ahead. Hi, that's a, that's a great question. I guess the first thing is, is that uh, the Alberta Emergency Alert System is a uh, is a system that's uh, used throughout the province. Uh, not only do we have the emergency management agency with access to it, but also local authorities within the municipalities, Métis settlements, and, and with the First Nations, uh, all are capable of, uh, of launching alerts on that for evacuation orders. So they're, they're not taken lightly. They're used when there is uh, imminent threat, to danger to human life, um, so I would suggest that if you haven't heard or seen anything on it, uh, if you want to, I would recommend following up with the County of Grand Prairie uh, to get further information about that. Uh, but probably the best thing here is that if you haven't heard an alert, it is because they didn't need to send one because there was no threat to human life. Thanks, Colin. And the next question is from Wendy in Drayton Valley. And Wendy says, how can we get money to people with no online banking or e-transfer capabilities? I'll ask Brad with Seniors Community and Social Services to please go ahead. That's a great question. Um, so there's two parts. First off, if one of the limitations uh, is access to uh, your driver's license, registry offices in the province uh, have the ability to replace them. Um, and I understand right now, for a limited time, um, that there will be no cost for that if it's lost or stolen. Um, the second uh, I would share is that there are 16 Alberta support offices throughout Northern Alberta uh, that you can contact or uh, visit, uh, and they will be able to walk you through the process. They have preloaded uh, debit cards with the, the sum of money. You can walk out with a card and then use it on uh, expenses and hotels as you need, uh, or clothing or whatever it is that you need as an evacuee to, to make yourself more comfortable and bridge you uh, over until you're able to make an insurance claim. Um, the other thing I would mention is that at several reception centers, um, there's access as well. Um, I'm going to list them and I'll ask my colleague Maggie to just confirm if I missed anyone. 
uh, but I understand that debit cards will be available at uh, expanded site in the Duke, uh, as well as at Parkland County, the Edmonton um, Reception Center, as well as the Calgary Registration Center. Uh, Maggie, am I missing anyone? Oh, you're good, Brad. Thank you. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so I hope that helps. Thanks, Maggie, and uh, have a good night. Thanks for that. And for everyone on the call, we still have about 10 minutes left. If you would like to enter the discussion, you can do so right now by pressing star three and your question will be put through to one of our operators and then into the conversation. Um, the next one is from Mitch and Edson and Mitch says, what is the update on the fire that's near Edson? So I'll have Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire. Please go ahead. Thanks, Mitch. Um, I believe you're referring to the Pembina complex, which is uh, three wildfires that were threatening the town of Edson, Ochis First Nation, and in Yellowhead County. Uh, those three fires are all classified as out of control, uh, but they have not seen significant activity uh, in the last day. Um, uh, two of the fires demonstrated low wildfire activity and one more moderate. So there has been some activity, but it's been generally towards the center inside the perimeter of the wildfire. So we are uh, working on that fire with firefighters, helicopter, we have heavy equipment, uh, and there's an incident management team in place uh, managing the wildfire response. Thanks. Thanks, Christy. Um, our next question was submitted online from Alicia, and it has two parts to it, so I will call on two of my colleagues. Alicia says, what factors play a part in considering a community is safe to go home to, and what air quality is safe? So I'll ask Colin Blair with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency to start on the first part, and then we'll hear from Stacey Smythe from Alberta um, Environment and Protected Areas. Colin? Hi, Alicia. Thank you very much for that question. There, there are a number of factors that uh, are considered as part of the reentry criteria. The, the first one, of course, is the, the threat that caused the evacuation in the first place. And in this case, in Alberta, for many communities, it's, it's the wildfire. Uh, that's the most significant one. After that, uh, we get into the space of what type of damage and destruction has occurred in the, in the uh, community and whether it's affected some of the key essential services. So some of them that are really critical is if there are healthcare facilities in the, in the community, uh, drinking water, wastewater, power, gas, telephony, some of the important essential and critical services of the community, and then on to some of the key services uh, and, and businesses. Uh, there is uh, information that is available online under the uh, re-entry guidelines uh, that uh, we use within the province. If you would like to find that, uh, you can uh, find it on open.alberta.ca. And I'll ask uh, Stacey Smythe with um, Alberta Environment and Protected Areas to please uh, respond to the second half, which is about the air quality and how we know if it is safe. Stacey? Thanks so much, Sarah. Hello, Alicia, thank you so much for the question. Uh, we are monitoring air quality across the province very closely as fires continue to, to be active. Uh, Alberta Environment and Protected Areas has over 200 air quality monitoring stations across the province, and we report on current air quality conditions every hour, 24 hours a day. That information is provided um, to Alberta Health Services and Environment Canada and Cl Environment and Climate Change Canada uh, and inputted into something called the Air Quality Health Index, which rates air quality from a 1 to a 10 plus with a higher number indicating worse air quality. You can find air quality information and its uh, relative risk to human health. 24 hours a day based on uh, current conditions and uh, forecasts that are done several times a day on the Alberta Environment and Protected Areas website. If you go to alberta.ca and search up uh, the AQHI, Air Quality Health Index, and look at the map, it will give you information on the air quality in your 
in your community, as well as a forecast for um, the period right now, tomorrow, and the day after that. Um, you will also be able to get information from our colleagues at Health um, uh, about the smoke conditions in various areas. What I can tell you is that smoke from wildfires can occur in very localized areas, it changes very rapidly, and it might not always be detected by air quality stations. So take um, actions to protect your health based on your surroundings and your personal symptoms. Everybody can respond to smoke quite differently. Uh, and that will be contributing towards the information that uh, our colleagues like Colin at AEMA and the local municipalities are using uh, to determine when people can return safely. Thanks, Stacey. And the next question is submitted from Byron in Sturgeon Lake. And Byron wants to know, are the narrows being put back on evacuation order? So I'll have Colin Blair with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency go ahead. Hi, Byron. Thank you very much for your question. I, I know that today that the evacuation order was expanded for the, for the MD of Greenview. I had a look at uh, the alert that was sent out to the public and uh, it's, the Narrows is sort of right on the edge of the evacuation order area. Uh, I'm not sure exactly where you're at, but I would recommend that you get in touch with the MD uh, to find out uh, what side of the line of the evacuation order you are on and if there are any additional special instructions based on the, the, the state and the conditions. Thanks, Colin. And the next question was submitted online from John in Fox Creek. And John says, can we get an update on the Fox Creek fire? It's appears, it appears to be surrounding a lake, um, Iosagun Lake. I'm hoping my colleague Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire will know that. Um, and he wants to know, is it getting closer to town? So the question again, update on the Fox Creek fire. It appears to be surrounding... A, a significant lake, is it getting closer to town? Christy, I'll have you go ahead. Thank you for your question. Uh, we have seen some growth on the Fox Creek fire uh, and the fire did become dangerous for crews because, uh, and for aircraft as well uh, because of heavy smoke. Um, it is currently 30,654 uh, 6, um, 30, hectares in size, and it's classified as under control. Um, and uh, certainly we are continuing to work on this fire. Uh, firefighters, helicopters, and heavy equipment uh, and air tankers are available. We're working with the Fox Creek Fire Department as well. So. Uh, we are continuing uh, to plan for, for operations to support Dozer Guard, and uh, it is difficult to assess uh, the fire at, that time at this time because of the smoke. Thanks for that, Christy. And the next question is from Dawn in Drayton Valley, and Dawn says, I have not received any of the emergency alerts. My husband received them, but my phone did not, and I've checked my settings, but everything seems correct. What should I do? I'll ask Colin Blair with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency to please respond. Thank you very much for the question, Don. What I would recommend is that you go to the alberta.ca slash emergency site, uh, go to the Alberta Emergency Alert site, and uh, there are some instructions there. Uh, I, I would suggest that if you can find somebody who is uh, handy with the uh, I'm assuming it's either an iPhone uh, or uh, a compatible device that you can have the app on that they, that they provide you with some assistance. You may need to uh, to remove the app and put it back on again, but have a look at that. Uh, if you're not able to make that work, then you can always contact the 310-4455 and uh, you can be directed to somebody who can assist you. Thanks, Colin. It looks like I have time for just one more question. This was submitted from Violet in Grand Prairie, and I will have Christy Tucker from Alberta Wildfire take this question. Violet asks, did you get started on the fire guard along the east and south of Grand Prairie? Christy? Thank you, Violet. Yes, uh, we have been working um, on fire guard on the flanks 
Um, we will continue to uh, use the doze, bulldozer units to build the guard at the flanks of the fire and near structures and continue to use air tankers and um, burnout fuels where opportunities exist. So we are coordinating very closely with the county. Uh, priority is, is making sure that the, the community and people are safe there. Thanks, Christy. And thank you everyone for the great questions this evening. We do hope that you were able to find the information you were looking for through this conversation. If you're still looking for access to additional information about the wildfire and evacuation supports, I encourage you to visit alberta.ca slash emergency or to call 310-4455. I would like to thank Minister Travis Taves for hosting tonight's town hall and to my colleagues from more than nine different Government of Alberta departments and our other partners in this conversation, including Alberta Wildfire, the Alberta Emergency Management Agency, the Insurance Bureau of Canada, Alberta Health Services, and the RCMP. Thank you for participating and helping support this conversation. We will be back again tomorrow night, Tuesday, from 7.30 until 8.30 p.m. If you did not have a chance to have your question answered, we encourage you to participate again we will try to get through as many questions as we have. Thank you to everyone. Stay safe and good night.